At Rural First, we're the leader in rural construction loans because we don't work here. We work out here. We live rural, which means we know just what you need to build rural. Our dedicated team of loan specialists works with you throughout the construction process. And with our digital tool, you can manage your project all in one place. That's how Rural First gets you closer to what matters. Rural First is a registered trademark of Farm Credit Mid-America. NMLS 407249. Equal housing lender. Loan subject to approval and eligibility. Other terms and conditions may apply. Visit RuralFirst.com for more details. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Are you dreaming of a beach vacation? Oh, I think I am right now. Get away to the sugar white sands and turquoise waters of Panama City Beach, Florida. You'll discover endless family fun, heart-pounding thrills, eco-adventures, and romance. So make it memorable. Make it yours at Panama City Beach, the real fun beach. Plan your escape today at visitpanamacitybeach.com. Happy spring break from the Ivy family. I love hearing where you listen to the happy hour. Like maybe you're at the beach or you're up in the mountains or maybe you're doing a staycation at your home like we are. Or maybe, you know what? It's not spring break for you and you're doing your regular life today. You're on a run. You're walking your dogs. You're washing your dishes. You're on your way to work. Wherever you are listening today, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing this show with your friends. Every single time I travel, a group of ladies will come up to me and they will tell me that they all listen to the happy hour. And then they all point to that one friend and they're like, she got us all hooked. And so thank you. Thank you for telling people about the show. I love sharing this show with people. It is the greatest, coolest, most awesomest, that's not even a word, job I've ever had. What an amazing job that I get to sit down with beautiful women like Laura Casey today, and we get to talk about their stories. So today, I'm talking with the Cultivate What Matters creator, Laura Casey. Now, Laura has already been on our show once before on the Patreon feed. So if you're a Patreon member, you heard us talk in the mini-series about dreams and goals. She was our very first guest for that. But today, we sit down and talk with Laura about Laura. We talk about her life. We talk about what matters for her. Something she's speaking into a lot right now is just numbering your days and making every day count. And that is such a conversation that we need to all be having. She talks about how her journey to faith looked different and how her husband, what his journey to faith looked like. She talked about their early days of marriage. And I asked the hard question of why did she stay? We talk about infidelity. Of course, if we're talking with Laura Casey, we talk about gardening. And of course, I told her that I want to start a garden. And of course, I've said that for the past three years, you guys. I cannot get a garden going to save my life. But I love dreaming about it. And I love seeing other people's gardens. You're going to love the show today, guys. You're really going to love it. Laura is kind. She is generous. She is vulnerable and authentic with her story today. And her story constantly points us back to the Lord. Guys, I also want to share with you that we have a newsletter. If you don't subscribe to our newsletter, today is a great day to start that. Go to jamieivy.com slash newsletter. Sign up. Every Wednesday, we send you a reminder about the show for that day. And then every once in a while, we send out extra things, things I'm loving, things you should know about. When we have new merchandise, we send usually a discount code to use to get new merchandise. I'm also throwing around the idea of doing some podcast coaching. A lot of people contact me all the time and say, hey, I want to start a podcast. And my number one answer to them is, yes, you should totally start a podcast. There's room for all of us. There's room for all of us to do this job. And so, 
I'm thinking about doing some podcast coaching. The first place you'll find out about that is on my newsletter. Usually the first place you find out about our live events is on our newsletter. It's just a great place to find out things, you guys. So go to jamieivy.com slash newsletter. Okay, my friends, here is my conversation with Laura Casey. Laura, welcome to the happy hour. Oh, thank you. I'm so pumped to be here. This is actually your second time for us to chat in like the 2019, it which is, is crazy. It is. You were one of our guests on our Patreon show about dreams and goals. And we've had such great feedback from that show. Awesome. I mean, such great feedback. So thank you for giving us all your wisdom. I am so glad to hear that. That's cool. <laughs> so I am in your neck of the woods right now. Yes. We're in North Carolina. We're in, are we in Raleigh? Is that where we are? I don't even know. I think technically we're in Raleigh. Okay. Yes. And where do you technically live? I, I technically live in Chapel Hill. So I live like right by, there's a cow farm on the way to my house. And then suddenly you're in this little nook of suburbia. I love it. I love it. I just is feel like I'm out Chapel the Hill, UNC? It is. Okay. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Laura, okay. Give us a little 30 second introduction of you if people don't know. You got it. I am a mom to three. Um, I feel like it's sometimes it's more like a mom to 50,000 because our kids have so many different personalities. And, well, and you have young kids. And I have, that's the thing. I have two two-year-olds right yes. now and um, almost three. And I have a seven-year-old too. Let me just tell you, I have, my oldest is 15. My yeah. youngest is 11. You are in the season of, I'm so tired <laughs> And I'm so, I'm so tired physically and I'm so tired of giving out snacks and I'm so tired of washing the same sippy cup. So let me tell you, mama, you're in it. You got it. In fact, the other day I said to my husband, I just realized I run a restaurant. Yes, I do. And it is, it is only open at certain hours, but at very odd hours. So we're kind of like the pop-up restaurant at five 30 in the morning. Yes. Just wait. I know that you're a homeschool mama, but my kids are in school and when they come home in the summer, I'm, I'm like, I, I forget how much you guys, how often you guys eat. Didn't we just eat? And now yes. you're wanting to eat again. So yes, I understand. I know. I like feel for those moms that have the lock on their fridge because I feel them. I feel them. I'm like, yes, I actually need to install the lock on my yeah, fridge. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. My other advice, this is what I'm feeling I need to tell young moms right now. Okay. Just as having older kids, I have lost all of the battles with having my kids like drink the smoothies and get the green food in because they go to school and I look at their lunch account and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like I would never feed you this, but they have all this freedom and I'm giving their money and they're 15. So I can't tell my son. I'm like, listen, sonny, you only need to get apples and oranges and green beans at school. So give them lots of good stuff now so that they'll like it and to make up for the lack of 15. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's good advice. I was telling a girlfriend last night, I was like, my kids, like, Two of my kids have never even been to McDonald's and we just don't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But when they're older, you, 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 they go with their friends and they like, Hey, we're going to Whataburger tonight, which you may not know what Whataburger oh, is. Oh no, I do. My mom grew up in Pensacola, Florida, where the original Whataburger was. I thought Whataburger was a Texas I thought thing. it was too. And I say that to her every time. So I think she's like claiming it for Florida, which is not exactly correct, but she has such a deep love for it that she wishes. We'll let her have it. We'll let her have it. Let her Thank have you. It. We'll let her have yeah. it. Yeah. But right. Whataburger is a thing. But yeah. anyhow, okay. So your mom to three kids. Yes. Mom running, three also kids. running 5,000 things. So tell us what all you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, first I have to say, I don't do it alone. Um, I am the CEO of Cultivate What Matters. And we help women do just that. We help women to dig up their purpose and to make an action plan and then live it out. And I'm an unlikely gardener, which you and I have talked about 
Mm-hmm. Yes. I may have some things I brought for you. We'll see about that. And, <laughs> um, and then I, I really just, my main love in life is uh, my marriage. I have a, a crazy story of our marriage being totally thrown to pieces and then coming back together. And that really fuels all that I do. So that's me. I love it. I cannot wait. We're going to talk about your marriage. Um, and we talked about gardening a little bit when you were on in the special <laughs> show for the Patreon uh, page. But I just want to tell you, I even had the thought that I think I'm wondering if I need to start with a garden or with a compost. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. do you think, Laura? I think you do whatever suits your fancy because you really have to love it in order to follow through with it. So, and then I, I don't know, this, what, what's your vision? Well, then Tell I me saw more. this gardening kit for a child at the store the other day. I yes. thought, this is what I'll do. I'll get story, my daughter to love it, and then we can do it together. Yes. So anyhow. No, I, I think that's that's right. I feel like that's right because okay. that's why I started it was seeing how my daughter, Grace, loved to bring me little bits of herbs yeah. and things for meals. And, and she then, would just bring it up to my nose and say, Mommy, smell this. It oh. smells so good. Or taste this. It's amazing. And that got me hooked. It helped me to see, oh, there, there's something's clicking in her about yeah. this. Well, I have every summer, and I, we're going to talk about this in your life, and I'll just tell you, two summers ago was probably the hardest summer for me mm. because I was trying to balance work and parenting. Yeah. It was my first time that I was I would have considered myself a working mother. Um, I was trying to write a book. I was podcasting, all the things. And I, I, I failed miserably at parenting and at work. It was awful. And mm-hmm. I swore I'll never do that again. And so last summer was amazing. I worked my tail off in the spring. So in the summer, I didn't do one interview. I just rested and hung out with my kids. And it's that's my goal again this summer. Yeah. But when I think about gardening, to me, it brings up this slowness. Yes. And this kind of, and you, we talked about this and you talked about this a lot, kind of the tending to the soul and tending to the earth and that rebirth and bringing it back up. And I see that and I want it. And mm-hmm. I think that you, you talk about this a lot, even in your own personal life. Like you've been talking a lot about living in the days, like numbering your days. Tell me about this in your world right now. Mm, yeah, I I had this moment the other day where I was in my office and I work from home and right outside my office window is our front yard basically. And the kids love to be out there and play in the trees and run around and dig up in my flower beds. And um, I just had this moment where I realized the place where I feel like life really stands still and time slows down. Cause you're right. I mean, me, you, probably everybody's listening. There are things in your life that feel like move a million miles an hour. And you just wake up sometimes and you think, where did the time go? Where is my life flying away to the days, the minutes, the hours they tick off so fast. But for me, being in the garden, it is a time when I have to have my hands and my heart fully focused on what's right in front of me. It's like I, I could, I guess. I could have my phone out while I'm trying to plant something with my other hand. It doesn't really work out very right. well, though. Yeah, uh, I've definitely dropped my phone in the dirt and the mud <laughs> several times. Learned that lesson. But I had this moment hearing them outside my office window where I realized that the kids, they, they know this. They know that there's something to being outside, something to being with your hands in the dirt and climbing trees and playing with leaves and make-believe. That slows our hearts down and helps us to savor and come alive. Yeah. And that's where I feel like the garden has taught me that. It's the place where I feel like time really does start to slow down. Yeah. I feel like, um, can I ask you a personal question? Oh, yeah. You said nothing's off limits. How old are you? 
I'm 40 this year. Gonna okay, be 40. so we're the same turning, age. Turning 40, yeah. We're the same age. And yeah. I feel like um, the closer I got to 40, and now even being 40, I love it. 40 is great. Mm. You're going to rock it. It's amazing. Uh, I feel as though I'm starting to look around and feel as though I want to kind of breathe slower. Like, yes. although I'm in this like new stage of my career, and I know you can speak into this mm-hmm. as well, I do feel like I look around, especially with my, my son being a freshman in high school. I mean, I just think, our, our countdown has started and I just want to slow down, but it is so hard for us women to do that, mm-hmm. to slow down. And so you have talked about, um, numbering your days. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for you right now in your stage of life? Well, you just hit on a hot button question for me. I'll say, what is it? Um, yesterday, I'm not going to cry and I am not having a midlife crisis. <laughs> I am claiming it. It's not happening. Um, yesterday I sat in a physical therapist office. I injured my neck gardening of all things about six months ago. It's the silliest thing. What did I do? I I was cultivating my word. Uh Uh, and two of my discs decided to go to Siberia and, uh, I sat in the physical therapist office and I've been feeling so hopeful that my neck would be healed. And, and, you know, there are so many worse things that could happen to me, but this, it keeps me up at night. I have pain all the time. I can't pick up my kids. Um, I'm not even sure if I'm going to be able to garden this year. And that's hard. Yeah. Um, so I sat in that office yesterday and he just kind of gave me this funny look, um, as he was testing me out, normal testing, he gave me this look and he said, oh, we have to stop. We can't push this any further. My, my left arm has gone numb. My right leg has gone numb. Like even sitting here talking to you, I can't feel my finger on the side. And so um, it's time for next steps. And these things that I've experienced over the last six, six to eight months have been difficult. They have ca- caused me to stop and say, wow, like one false hit and this could be it for me. But you know, the Lord always uses this stuff. And I'm smiling talking to you today through the tears because um, in it, he's teaching me too, like Psalm 90, 12 says, number my days. Mm -hmm. And to know that there's a brevity to this life and I really need to use it well. Mm -hmm. I feel compelled in a joy-filled way to use it well. And so I sat in that office. I had myself a good cry in the parking lot afterwards. Um, And then I, I realized, you know what? I can either choose sorrow and anguish, which yes, I will choose that sometimes. Um, or I'm going to march right back into my house and I'm going to snuggle those kids and I'm going to make the most of this day through all the pain and anguish and sorrow. And so I, I feel this coming on, you know, it could be 40 creeping up on me. It could be, um, this injury that has really been the biggest blessing in, in the end. Um, it could be, there's a whole lot of things, factors that have pushed me towards this, but that, that verse teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I can't get enough of it right now. It's your life right now. It's my life right now. Yeah. You know, I've heard one of the things I love about the happy hour is hearing women's stories. So many times I'll hear people's stories who they've gone through a hardship, like you're describing mm-hmm. for yourself right now. They've gone through some form of suffering. They have lost a dream, lost, lost something. And they describe those moments of suffering as the greatest gift that God's given them. (sighs) And it gives me chills every time because God says that in His Word. You know, that the the suffering, that it produces things in us, that it produces endurance and character and hope. And and I think that I feel blessed to be reminded of this, 
you know, 253 guests later, I, I hear it all the time. <laughs> but I think sometimes it's hard for people to understand what that really feels like because they're not in that moment, yeah. you know. But it's beautiful to listen to, to hear someone say, like you just said, greatest gift. Yeah. And you know, we don't want to go there. That's the thing. Yeah. Like it's like we watch a movie that makes us feel like, oh, I must make the most of this life. And then the next day that feeling is totally mm-hmm. gone. We as humans, we don't want to sit in that, you know, like it's hard. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. It's really, no, who wants to talk about death? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about right. that today. You know, yeah. let's talk about our days being short. But I think that's where, um, as believers, we get this really cool window into a different way of thinking about it. Yes, it's difficult to think about. No, we don't want this life to end. We want this life to go on and on forever. But when I, when I let myself, allow myself to just sit in that for a minute, I have to tell you, it, it has made me more fired up about life. It's a beautiful thing to see. Even even listening to you talk about it, I mean, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful concept to think about. I, I This came really fresh to my mind this summer when my friend Winter Pitts passed away. Yes. And we just had Jonathan on the show. Phenomenal, mm. phenomenal interview. But one of the things that was a common theme after she passed away was she lived every day of her 38 years. Like she lived it mm. to the best. And like you're saying with even that verse number of our days is we don't know. Right. We could have four more days in us. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And as sometimes Jonathan and I talked about this is it doesn't seem fair to us, but really God knows, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I love that he's teaching you that. And I love that it is overflowing in what you're teaching us who are mm. following and listening. And so you're, you're really stewarding that suffering gift. Well, yeah. You know, it's a funny thing. We always want to be out of the woods, so to speak, before we talk about things, we want to, we want to wrap Be it up with a bow, uh-huh. you know? Um, but it is, I'm right there in it, as I'm sure so many people are. You're just in a thing. You're in something and you feel like, what in the world kind of good is going to come out of this? Um, this just feels hard. It feels messy. It feels like there are times I cry in my closet about it. And just this morning, just this morning, like the silliest thing happened. Like one of my kids threw something and I just lost it. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is, this is not fun. But when I let myself just sit there for a minute, I just realize, Lord, I know you're pruning me. I look outside at my rose bushes and I know if I let those things grow crazy and I don't prune them, they will not produce flowers. They will not produce fruit. Yeah. Same with me. So you're saying in the midst of your suffering, you're still proclaiming these things to be true. Yes. Yeah. I not mean, on the other side with the bow tie. No. On. And you're also saying if my neck never gets healed. Yeah. If my neck never gets healed. Exactly. That is exactly right. And it's funny you say that because I haven't thought that Mm. to myself. I haven't thought, well, you know, I'm waiting for some result. I'm not waiting for a result. I feel the result right now. I just feel like, yes, Lord, you have helped me to use my days more intentionally through this right now. What a blessing. Oh my gosh. I know. It's like hard. It's hard to talk about something that's hard, but also... yeah. Yes, I see you using this. Okay, God, I get the I get yeah. the message, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I love that you said, because there are people who are listening who are in some other form of suffering. Right. I mean, the list, we could talk for hours about the forms of suffering that yep. listeners are going through. But I love that you even said that I am going to just proclaim this in the middle of it. Mm. And I'm going to be okay even sometimes with not being okay with it. You know, yeah. you're not walking around saying, this is the best thing no, ever. it's not. But you're able to see the gift in the midst of it. And so... Yeah. And that's, you know, that's hard. I think back to... 
even going through uh, loss, like miscarriage, did I, did I see a happy mm-hmm. lesson in the middle of that? No, I was mad. I was angry at God at the moment. I, I, um, I needed to grieve, you know? So it's not to say that you're doing well if you see a good lesson in the middle of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not, but I'm grateful that I am seeing a lesson in the middle of it's it right so now. It's so good. It's so good. At Rural First, we're the leader in rural construction loans because we don't work here. We work out here. We live rural, which means we know just what you need to build rural. Our dedicated team of loan specialists works with you throughout the construction process. And with our digital tool, you can manage your project all in one place. That's how Rural First gets you closer to what matters. Rural First is a registered trademark of Farm Credit Mid-America. NMLS 407249. Equal housing lender. Loan subject to approval and eligibility. Other terms and conditions may apply. Visit RuralFirst.com for more details. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Okay, guys, I want to stop our show just for a moment and thank our sponsors. We always have great sponsors for the show, so let me tell you about them today. The first sponsor that I want to tell you about is Lola. Here's the question I want to ask you. If we care about the ingredients in the food that we eat, and we do, and we care about the beauty products that we use, and we do, why shouldn't the same be true of our feminine care products? Here's what you need to know is the FDA doesn't require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products. So most of them don't. Why would they? Lola offers complete transparency about the ingredients found in their tampons, pads, liners, and wipes, all of which are 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. Plus, with Lola's customizable subscription, you get to choose your mix of products, mix of absorbency, number of boxes, and frequency of delivery. And you can even change, skip, or cancel at any time. 
You guys, two of my favorite things about this product is number one, that they let you know what is in the product. I love when companies disclose what they put in their products and Lola does that. Second thing is I love that I can schedule these. I can cancel. I can change my order needs and it is all delivered to my door whenever I need it. I also have a daughter who is on the verge of needing these things. And so this is important to me as a mama as well. Right now, you guys, for all of my listeners, which is you, because you're listening, you hear me in your voice, you get 40% off of all subscriptions. Visit mylola.com and enter happy hour 40 when you subscribe. That's mylola.com and enter happy hour 40 for 40% off all subscriptions. Okay, the next sponsor I want to thank is Thomas Muffins. We love Thomas Muffins at our house. And in fact, I'm not kidding you. I have my breakfast right here with me while I'm recording this. I made the Tex-Mex English muffin. I'm going to put the recipe up on the show notes for you guys. But basically, it's an English muffin, an avocado. I love me an avocado. Two fried eggs. Yes, please. Some shredded cheese. I use some vegan cheese because I'm not vegan, but I like the cheese. It's weird, I know. Plus some salsa. It's the Tex-Mex English muffin. You guys, it is so fabulous. So Thomas Muffins wants to know what your ideal morning would look like if anything was possible. Like, for example, what would your shower be like? Sounds like a weird question, but you know when you go into a hotel and you see the most fabulous shower and you think, I wish I had that in my life every day? Mine would be the kind that has two on each side and then a waterfall on the top. You just get in there and maybe some music would play. That sounds awesome. Another question they want to know is, what would you drink your coffee out of? Let me tell you, I am a plain Jane. Give me a really thick coffee cup and I am happy with that. Also, what kind of Thomas English muffin breakfast would you have? I have the Tex-Mex one right here on my desk. If you could smell it, you would die, you guys. Another question they're asking about you guys is, what are some great ways to weave exercise in at work? Okay, so if you work in an office, maybe you could take the stairs and maybe you could do the stairs backwards. People might look at you funny, guys, but it's really good on your muscles. So anyhow, you guys, of course, I would eat a Thomas English muffin, which I'm doing right now. I already told you what it's topped with. Avocado and salsa and cheese and fried eggs. Oh my gosh. I'm going to post the recipe for you because you're going to want to try this on your next Thomas muffin. Thomas, wake up to what's possible. Okay, guys, here is the rest of my conversation with Laura. Okay, I want to switch gears a little bit. You mentioned your miscarriage and about grieving and yeah. loss, but I want to talk with you about your marriage <laughs> because I, when we chatted before, you said I have such a great God story about my marriage and I'm here for that all the time. I love mm. to see God doing miracles. And then I read up a little bit more about your story and I'm just so intrigued to hear how yeah. God has brought you from probably, I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, like the pit Oh yeah, to That's complete it. freedom and love and healing and a beautiful God-honoring marriage. Mm-hmm. So where do you want to start with this? Because I'm here <laughs> for, the, for the story time right now. Yeah, I will say that uh, it was not overnight. I'll just start with that. It wasn't overnight. When I think about uh, the beginning of our story, which is uh, we got married in a rather unusual way. Um, we met at the gym. He asked me for workout advice. <clears throat> That's such a great pickup line, I mean, right? I, really, I mean, come I, on. I, I'm, <laughs> I laugh about it now because he, he's so silly. He was in flight training with the Navy at the time. And uh, he came up to me and he asked me for this workout advice. I'm like, who is this crazy dude. Right. Um, and he really tells me he was actually asking for work. Sure. Advice. Okay. So we, anyway, we'll give him the benefit we'll, of the doubt. Right. We'll yep. go past that. Um, so we had a very quick courtship. I had just gone through a very, very painful season of life. Um, I had 
been married previously and, uh, my brother had severed his spinal cord and my family had gone through hurricane Ivan all within the span of two months mm. and, and the divorce <clears throat> divorce yep, that happened brother, shortly after hurricane. That. Okay. Yeah. A lot of stuff, a lot of life transition. I was living in New York city, like had this great job there as a personal trainer in Manhattan. And when the hurricane it hit, uh, my family, it was just like my life flashed before my eyes and I dropped everything and I moved home at the age of like 22 or 23 after college um, to be with my family. And so I had gone through this crazy season. I was in the middle of therapy trying to work through all this stuff. It's just really raw place. And in walks this handsome Navy gent. Um, and we had a very fast courtship. And I remember on our second date saying to him, because of all that I had been through, and this would probably freak out anybody. I said, look, I am not the kind of person that you date. I am the kind of person you marry. <laughs> You're like, because I was not about to have another mm. difficult situation or more so. I just didn't want to go through anything that wasn't going to be forever. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about your faith right now. Are yeah. you a believer in this point in your life? I would have said I was. Okay. Um, I grew up in church. Did not grow up in church. Okay. No, did not grow up in church. My grandfather was a really significant influence on my faith. Um, he was a preacher and led the singing at church, but my mom, the generation after that, did not. Burned out by church, did not take us to church. So I had this kind of secondary yeah. influence from him, and he ended up living with us um, when he got a little bit older. So that was a big influence on my faith. But no, I was not going to church faith was not strong. And then when Ari and I met, he grew up Jewish. And so you can imagine these two like fledgling faith, Orthodox Jewish background, practicing Jewish background or just not kind practicing, of, okay. but parents, yes. J date, yeah. the whole thing. Okay. So you got to, you know, you, you just have said to follow. I yeah. Know, I don't know what that let is. Let me explain. <laughs> I, I was going to let it go. And then I thought this might be crucial. It's crucial. And, and I, I am only giggling because, um, <laughs> Because he was so in this world before. J-Date is like the Jewish dating site. Okay, so, got it. Yes. So um, that was really the expectations that his parents had, which is totally understandable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, when we uh, started dating, it was very fast after that. So he ended up getting moved to a new military base in California. And about five months into us dating, we had to make this decision. Are we going to keep this going or not? This is also at the height of the Iraq war. And so it was very common for couples to get married in like a quick little ceremony so that you could have rights to for know sure. where yeah. your boyfriend or spouse, whatever was. And so we said that we said, well, we want to keep this going. We, we are, we've fallen in love. We think we're going to get married one day. Let's just have a little quiet wedding in Las Vegas. Okay. And so on the way to California, I know. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, know, I love it. On the way to California, uh, we got married in Las Vegas at the special memory wedding chapel right off the strip. Who was your, uh, witness? That's a great question. <laughs> he actually, my, uh, Ari had some friends who he okay. grew up in Los Angeles. And I so, was so hoping you're going to say like an I know, Elvis impersonator I know. or he something. He really wanted to do Elvis. <laughs> but I just couldn't go that far. Yeah, exactly. I think that's good. You stood your ground a little bit. I did. I did. Um, and this was very out of character for both of us. And we're both very um, type A, I suppose you could say. Like he's been on this straight and narrow path with his career. And this was definitely out of my realm. Um, but we took the leap. So we moved to California. Married. Married. Yes. And things went south really fast. 
suddenly we are living together, um, trying to do marriage while he is working, you know, 24 uh, seven, flight surgery is not an easy thing. You're waking up at 4am and not coming home until really late. And so I was by myself. Mm. I didn't really have a whole lot to do at first. Um, so our marriage, man, we were just two ships passing in the night just the, the arguments started to ensue. And as the honeymoon phase wore off, which was really fast, um, our faith conflicts came in so hard. And what's so interesting about it is even though I had a fledgling faith, um, I need, I needed it more and more in that time. And that was the one thing that was, that was pressing us apart. And so here it's like, I wanted so much more of it. And yet it was the thing that was driving us apart. So fast forward, he gets deployed to Iraq about a year into our marriage. And um, during that time, I moved back with my parents. Again, I was like 23 at the time, maybe. And I moved back in with my parents. And I was worried for him, just worried all the time. Um, and, you know, you hear bomb threats all the time and the names of the fallen soldiers passing across the screen. And at that time, I started to go to church. Um, I started to feel like, okay, um, it's okay for me to do this here. I won't offend him, you know. Because gonna... those conversations before had led to arguments and Absolutely. and all the time. Okay, yeah. all the time. And I I I was just trying to keep the peace. And so I started to grow my faith again. And I started um, which is a whole nother story. That's when I started Southern Weddings magazine. I just needed a project to when keep he was my deployed. mind occupied. Yep. Wow. I was just in my uh, room, my childhood room <laughs> <laughs> with my cat and my little 13-inch PC. Um, and I had no no idea what I was doing, but I knew I wanted to create beauty in this world that felt so broken, in my world that felt so broken. And so he comes back from deployment and we think, well, absence should make the heart grow fonder. My love and respect for him grew so exponentially while he was gone and him for me. And yet it was still extremely difficult. And so we went through this two-year period. We moved to North Carolina after that, went through this two-year period of it just being awful. You know, I wish the story would have taken a nice turn there, but yeah. it just didn't. And it was just long, long period of, okay, neither one of us is going anywhere. We're still here, but this life is just not going anywhere. And is your faith still growing or is it kind of trying stagnant? to, yeah. trying to, and In yet I, situation. I, I escaped to my work. Yeah. So I had this little magazine that kind of snowballed and yeah. I thought, well, that's going well. I'm just going to escape right over to that yeah. side I of know things. I'm doing well here. Yeah. Do, doing on paper, doing real well here. Um, I can control this. Yeah. So I'm going to just put my whole heart in that. He put his whole heart into work. And so here we are again, just two ships not just passing in the night, but bumping in the middle of right. the night many times. Yeah. Um, and it was during this time that I would drive down a road that's real close to where we are right now um, on my way to Target on Sunday mornings, buying something I didn't need. And uh, I would see this building with people just pouring in and out of it, just happy couples, families. And there, there wasn't a big sign in front, but eventually I figured out it was a church. Right. And um, kept going past that building uh, many Sunday mornings in a row. And one Sunday morning, it was like, Jesus actually took the wheel. <laughs> I turned Jesus, take the wheel. Literally turned into um, the parking lot out of complete desperation. Like, do you ever feel like that? You feel like you have these moments of, I'm not really sure what my body's doing right now. And I know I just need something different than this. Like I was praying. I didn't yeah. even know how to yeah. pray, but uh -huh. I was just like, Lord, please help me out of this. Yeah. 
And I walked into that church. Which is beautiful because yeah. this is what God does for us. Yes. Is even we don't know that we need him or want Amen. him. He's like, I'm just going to pull you in, sweet little girl. I'm going to pull mm. you in. Mm. So this is what he's doing to you. Yes, exactly. Um, and he did. He pulled me into that church building and I sat down in the back thinking, please, nobody talk to me. Please, nobody <laughs> talk to me. Um, but obviously that was not his plan. And this wonderful woman named Jan sat down next to me and she's still one of my dearest friends to this day. Wow. And uh, she, she asked me, you know, hi, I'm Jan. How are you? And struck up a conversation with me that was very foreign to me in the world that I was in at the time. So most people would talk to me and like talk about my business or talk about these like great things on paper that were happening. And she just wanted to know about my heart. Mm. Just wanted to, didn't, didn't ask me like what I did for a living. Just like, Hey, tell me about your life. How can I help you? Um, and, uh, a few weeks later, as I continued to go to that church and every time I would come home, we would argue. We Did Ari know you were going to he church? Knew. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And um, we would fight. He would usually strategically go to lunch with people during the hour that I would come home so that we wouldn't have to talk about it. And, um, Whew. And I went to a marriage class by myself. I, I don't know. You know, you, sometimes you do crazy things when you're really desperate for help. And I thought, I want to know, like, how are they doing this? I'm desperate for any semblance of normalcy in this thing that, that is not even really a marriage right now. And I walked into a marriage class one Wednesday night um, by my lonesome. And I sat down and I heard all these couples talking about their marriage challenges, but not in a way that was grating or, you know, it was just this beautiful transparency that they had. And, um, the teacher, Mitch, he looked at all of us and he said, okay, let's, you know, I'll introduce ourselves. And I thought, no, I can't do this. I'm sitting in my chair and my stomach is just burning. Like this lava pit Uh is just fire. And yet I felt, which I now know is like leading of the Holy Spirit, like you're going to stand up right now. And I looked dead at him and I said, hey, my name is Laura and my marriage is a total disaster. And my husband doesn't believe in God and I don't really know what to do. And he looked me right in the eyes and he said, Laura, the impossible is possible with God. Oh my gosh. And you know, sometimes you need someone to believe that when you can't. Right. Because I could not. Um. And to to try to explain to you in a logical manner what happened next over the next few months is very difficult. But I will tell you the pieces that I know from my own human understanding. There was a day that we were... um, We were talking about, well, we're still in this marriage. We each just need to choose one thing that we are going to do for each other. Like how, let's just try, let's try here. And so he said, well, I want you to spend more time with my friends. I want you to get to know these people that I've been spending time with. And I said, okay, I can do that. And I said, I would really like for you to come to church with me. <laughs> He's like, just kidding about the one thing. You like went exactly. over the line, Laura. Peace out. Yeah. Um, and, and he said, yes, he did. He did. Begrudgingly, or was he like, I want to serve you, or was it less like... I don't really remember his reaction. I think I was probably just bracing myself. Yeah. But all I know is that he said yes, and I just remember sitting in that church with him and praying to myself, please, nobody talk about Jesus today. (laughs) Yes. Don't make it weird, y'all. Don't make it weird. Don't make this weird. No Jesus talk. Um, Do you remember what they talked about? (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I don't, okay. but I'm sure they talked about Jesus and my stomach probably burned again. And we would argue. He would come with me, um, you know, a few Sundays he would come and, and we would just have these like all out battles afterwards. So your arguments, just so, so I can understand, was yeah. it about faith or was it just like that kind of just started the downhill of lots of other things? It would be both. It okay. would be both. Okay. Definitely. Sometimes... Now, in retrospect, I think if I was lucky, it was about faith. Yeah. It was just the Lord just like uh-huh. piercing his heart. And like, you know, when when God's trying to teach you something, even as a believer, it can get really uncomfortable when he's trying to unearth yeah. something yeah. in you. And it sometimes gets worse before it gets better. And that's exactly what happened. It got a lot worse. Our arguments escalated even in that season. But there was one Sunday, it was Father's Day, and he had had a very difficult relationship with his dad. And they actually weren't even speaking at that time. They hadn't spoken in about three years since we got married. It was us getting married, him marrying me, um, that caused this great divide. And um, one day, Father's Day, they were preaching on just God's love and that our Heavenly Father can help us to understand so much more of what real love is instead of your earthly father and how that relationship can influence you. And I remember in the middle of the sermon hearing like raindrops and I thought, oh, there must be a, you know, air conditioning leak. And I look over and my husband was crying and, um, I just remember seeing that little thump. And then I I thought to myself, no, just keep your eyes straight ahead. Don't ask him about this. (laughs) Don't flinch. And um, I had gotten pregnant around that time and we drove home. I will never forget this day, drove home and we're passing through these North Carolina pine trees on this long road home. And he looks at me and he goes, Laura, um, I think I know what, what I want uh, the print to be in our baby's nursery. Like we were talking about what to put on the walls. He said, I think it should be God is love. And I was like, are my ears working? Right. And it really is a very out-of-body thing when you start to hear someone who said to me just a week before, Laura, I will never believe in Jesus. Mm. Sorry. It's just not for me. Um, to say something like that, like something was happening. And I tried, I honestly, very much tried to play it cool. Well, for sure. Because I just didn't want to like get overly excited scare or like off. scare him off or like anything. And, and I just, I started to realize in that season um, that there's nothing I could do to control this. I just had to give him a safe place to have those arguments with me, to share those fears. And then very pregnant, uh, midnight one night, I saw a light over on his side of the bed and I look over and I was like, what is he reading in the middle of the night? He was reading the Bible. And I mean, again, I, there are so many little like God winks in this story and also extremely difficult things. I'm telling you the good stuff, Yeah, but I just, for anybody that's listening, I feel like the the heartache that you go through, not just in, in faith challenges, but just in marriage, um, I'd be here all day if I was yeah. going to tell you all the things that happened in between that. But my husband did become a believer. And um, <laughs> it's just crazy to think of. I remember he became really good friends with one of our uh, pastors because we went over to this guy's house and he was playing fantasy football on his computer. And my husband said, oh, Pastors can be real people. This is cool. Um, and so they struck up a relationship and started studying the Bible together. And then um, he baptized him about eight years ago. Wow. Yeah. 
But that's just like the first part of the story that I told you the long version of that. But to to give you a, a fill-in for what you had asked, which is how did you get here? That's just the first part. Like it did not turn into all halos it didn't and moonbeams It didn't turn amazing that. overnight? No. It did give us a place to come back to. It did give us community and people to help us fight for our marriage instead of against each other. But I mean, the, the pain and the challenge and uh, the heartache that we had been through, it took many years to unravel that. Because those arguments had been faith-based, like you said, yeah. but yeah. Ari becoming a follower, believing in Jesus <laughs> and following him, to me, it sounds like that could have solved the problem. Right. It sounds like it. Right. Right. And ultimately it did in a way. Yeah, for sure. Yes. It, it gave us the the third party in our marriage who would bind us together, but it, it didn't happen overnight. Yeah. You know, good things, they just, they don't happen yeah. overnight. Um, so we actually, <laughs> we put ourselves in marriage counseling and I'm laughing because we did not work with a counselor who was a believer and it was such bad counseling, like oh, no. so bad, uh. like terrible advice that sometimes we look at each other and be like, Oh, we're on the same page about this. Yeah. Okay. We both agree <laughs> this, this is, is really not bad. okay. This is not okay. And I, I'm, there's great counseling out there, but we just did not partake in great counseling. Um, but we did so many things, uh, whether it was we, we joined a small group, we tried to learn from older couples. We still do this. I think one of the most beneficial things that we did was becoming friends with couples who'd been through it. Mm. Not couples with like perfect marriages, yeah. but people who had really been through it and who were willing to sit with us in the muck. Um, and then that that doesn't happen overnight either. We had to reach out and say, Hey, can we go to dinner with you? Hey, can we go to dinner with you yeah. again? Can we watch your kids for you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, because we knew that we needed it. And yeah. you know, something that I'm super passionate about is you just touched on it and it makes me so happy is saying that you were becoming friends and meeting people who were, who had been through the hard stuff. Yeah. And the thing that I, that kind of can get me on a soapbox about sometimes Christian, Christian culture is people not willing to say they've been through hard things. Yes. Because if those people had never said they had been through hard things, you would have not had anyone to hold your hand through the hard things. Exactly. And so just like you're doing today by sharing your struggles, and I am such an encourager of women saying, hey, here's my stuff. Because we get to do two things. We get to walk with people yep. through their junk. We're maybe like four or five steps ahead. And we get to say, everything you see is God, this God. Like God's grace and mercy is all over this and yep. it's not us. Yep. And so I love hearing that part of your story about people walking with you. Yeah. And you know, it's <laughs> I completely skipped over probably one of the most important parts of the story. And that's the hardest thing is that both Ari and I had been unfaithful to each other in our marriage. And I mean, it's still, I like get this little twinge in the side of my mouth talking about it because it's just so crazy to me that, that we are those actually we're not, but that we were those people that we felt this, such a deep desperation that, um, that we would go there, that we would, uh, uh, not even allow that. I can't even like think of the words cause I can't rationalize that yeah. now, but we did, we went through that and, um, it was right before he uh, was baptized. He came to me and he, he said, Oh man, this day he sat down with me in my office I had just had our daughter, Grace, and um, he said, Laura, there's something I need to talk to you about. And I thought he was going to tell me my parents passed away or something. Yeah. He just had this look on his face. And he said, Laura, I, I want to follow God. And I know that in order to do that, I just need to tell you that I was unfaithful to you in our marriage. 
And I told him the same. And you would think that that shared confession would just be a neutralizer in that pain. And, and I'm here to tell you it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it did allow us to have a shared compassion with each other, but, um, but that was hard. I'm you sure know? it was. And at the same time, just like we talked about with my experience with this crazy neck gardening injury and that's teaching me the, in the mess it's teaching me. Um, it was in that experience that we really started to understand what God's grace is. We did. We, we just, in that moment where I had told him everything and that was kind of like a, a springboard, I guess, for us to just share, like, you know what we, we want, we know what's possible. We know what we want. We know we want to be totally transparent before the Lord. We do not want this life that we've been living. We just don't. We, want, we don't want to carry anything or hold anything back from each other. Um, and I'm so grateful for that time because that allowed us to have the springboard of just sharing it all and to sit there. And I, I will never forget that specific moment to sit there with him, knowing that somebody besides the Lord knows all my stuff. Mm. I, I mean, I, I don't even have words for yeah. it. I, and they still yeah. love you. And, and exactly. And to still be seen, to be loved, to have that person not just say, okay, I'm out. Yeah. Um, gave me a window into how God feels about us. So when Ari came to you in your office mm-hmm. and you can see God's move in because he's like, I got to confess, you know, you had not confessed to him before. Mm-mm. No, I'm scared. Just like he was. Okay. So yeah. you felt like I'm just going to take this to the grave. I'm going to take it to the grave. Yeah. And I, I think that that's such a common feeling, it whether, is. whether it's infidelity in a marriage or whatever it is. I, you know, I don't know. Well, and you probably thought we justify everything. It was, yeah. it was in the past. Yeah. I'm never, I'm never going to do it. Whatever it might be, whether it's an eating disorder affair, yes. which, yeah. whatever. Did you think about not saying anything after he said it? Uh, or did you no. feel so completely, this is a safe place right now? I felt like, I, I just felt the Lord saying, lay it all down. Like, you don't need to carry this burden anymore. And yeah, I, I just, I'm kind of losing my words because I feel like it is an unexplainable thing to experience God's transforming grace. Like we hear this word kind of thrown around and um, it's not a hall pass for missteps. It's not a... Um, a fresh start is such a small way to put it. But when you have been totally nakedly exposed um, in front of another human being who accepts you and loves you for you with all your stuff, uh, like I said, it really just gave me this window into, oh, that's what this means. That's what, that's what this means is that uh, I don't have to be ashamed of this anymore. I don't have to hold this. And it did. It felt like, I mean, it felt like a, a physical weight was on my chest yeah, all for the sure. time. Yeah. Yeah. So my question that I keep thinking through your whole story, especially in the beginning when you're telling me your marriage started out struggling. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as though you had a seven-year honeymoon period and then something <laughs> bad happened and then we're struggling. It started out hard. You also were not walking with the Lord then. Mm-mm. And either was he. My question that keeps popping in is why did you stay? Hmm. <laughs> That's a good question. I think there were probably times when I stayed because I didn't want to go through more pain. Yeah. You know? You've been down that road. Been down that road in so very many ways. Um, but then there was also, as I think it was through the period of his deployment, there's just something that happens to you when you have a husband at war. 
And it is the same feeling that I have. It's very akin to what I'm feeling now with numbering my days. You just, you realize the brevity of life. Like he, he would call me from his clinic, which was a rare thing to be able to get a phone call and just say, yep, we, we lost this person today. And I went out in the field and saw this and this and this, and it sobers you. It just makes you feel like, okay, life is short. And I just, I, I don't know. I had you mean, like you a even flicker said you fell in, in love when he was gone. Your, yeah, you yeah. Were, your heart was kindled more towards yeah, him. Yeah. And I think that, um, through this church that I started going to, um, it was a lot of older couples that went to this church. I was probably the youngest person that went there at the time. And they would write me weekly letters and they would write me cards every week. Um, just praying over Ari. They knew that, um, our marriage was in turmoil. I had shared that with them. And so somehow their prayers really carried me. And it was just like my, uh, the teacher in that class, Mitch, him saying to me, the impossible is possible. Someone else needs to believe it when you can't. And that's where I feel like my heartbeat for all I do comes right now is I want, I want to be that for, for that girl who cannot believe it right now. And do, can I predict her future? No, but at least I can be here to say, I believe in the Lord's miracles. I have witnessed them. Mm-hmm. I've, I mean, he, my uh, husband baptized my father at the age of 77, mm-hmm. like a year after he was baptized. And I just keep seeing them over and over and over. Um, I, I will be witness to those for you when you can't. That's so great. Um, a couple of things that just stand out just beautifully when your story, number one, you said earlier, you said you had to realize you couldn't control what happened to Ari yeah. or what he did. And I think about that. I think about that with parenting sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like I wish I could just like snap my fingers and tell my kids to pray a prayer and they're going to love Jesus and they're going to follow him and that's going to be what they do. But I think that there are a lot of women who are in and men too. I don't, I don't want to just say that, but yeah. majority of my listeners are women who are in those shoes. They're wanting their spouse. They're wanting their husband to follow him. Oh yeah. And when you realize that you couldn't change him, I'm sure that kind of took a little bit of weight off your shoulders as well. Most definitely. Most definitely. And you know what it did is it made me work on myself because yeah. it wasn't him. Uh-huh. It was really yeah. me, a lot of it. Yeah. Um, I I realized that there's nothing I could do to change my husband mm-hmm. except for being for lack of a better term, like the best version of myself. I don't yeah, love yeah. that term. No, I know but, what you mean though. Um, so I, in that, that season I said, okay, God work on me, take, take my life. And that's where I feel like I really became a disciple yeah. is I had to, despite everything that was happening with him and his disbelief and his anger and all of that, um, I knew I needed a better life. Yeah. I needed to follow him. And so that's where I kept going to that church building over and over, no matter how uncomfortable it kept getting. And it was uncomfortable. The second thing that stands out to me is Jan. I mean, when you said that you, you didn't want anyone to notice you when you no. walked in and Jan came and sat next to you and she didn't care about your job or your magazine yep. or anything. She just wanted to know how you were doing. Man, it kind of convicted my heart a little bit of, am I seeing people? Yeah, I mean, you know, because yeah. Jan, I wish that Jan was here because I just want to know Jan. <laughs> she literally thought to herself, she wants to see you for who you are. And I think sometimes we, I mean, the conversation we're talking about, numbering our days, all those things, is that we can sometimes just walk around and not see people. Yeah, And I know I can be 
you know, that can be me sometimes. Yep. And I'm super encouraged to hear what Jen, the story that Jan had, the part that she played in your story. Yeah. She really did take me under her wing too. I mean, and it wasn't just that first meeting. Um, her husband actually is Mitch, the one that taught that class. And, uh, they would often invite me over. Um, and they didn't like pry too much or like wonder, you know, about these big things in my life. They really just were there for me. They just wanted to be there to listen when I was ready to talk about things. Um, yeah, that's invaluable. I feel like with the work that you do now for women, encouraging them to live their life with purpose and cultivate what matters and all those things. I feel like now that I know this whole story of yours, (laughs) I'm like, of course she does this. Of course this is her mission in life. Of course this is so important to her. It's this overflow of what God's done for you. Mm-hmm. And you just get to kind of overflow that into women yes. everywhere. Yep. Yeah. It's beautiful. I, it's it's funny. People always ask me, why are you so motivated? Do you drink coffee? And the funny thing is I don't even drink coffee. Um, but what motivates me is the just this knowledge that I am not the same person I used to be. You know, I look at pictures of myself from 10 years ago and it makes me cringe. It just makes me you can so see it on sad. you. It makes me sad. Uh. And I don't say, say it in a judgmental way of like, I'm better than the person I used to be, but I just see her sadness. I see her being completely lost, really. I mean, I was chasing my, my work was in my worth. I was chasing numbers and more followers on, on the Twitter, which is what used to be the thing back in the day. And, um, just trying to grow a life for myself. And, uh, the Lord really shook that up in this. He said, you know, it's not actually about you at all. That's not where you find your worth, Laura. I think what is going to just shine through this story in this episode is that woman who is, feels like you 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like she thinks that's me right now. Yep. You know? And so to for her to hear the hope that you were that you were giving that we both know is through Jesus. Um and then for the woman who is like you and I on the other side. I yeah. have stories just like yours. I could we could sit for hours and trade stories about those girls 10 15 years ago. Yeah. And it is so beautiful to me. It makes me not that I sometimes don't believe in the gospel, but it makes me believe in it more because I see it actually. I see it. There's, I can't help but proclaim what he's done for me. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I always think about that song. Um, I know I wasn't supposed to talk about it, but I couldn't keep it to myself. I, I know just, that song, but keep going. Girl. Uh, no, I, my voice is not there today. <laughs> um, but I, I do, I feel that I mm-hmm. wake up some mornings and there are mornings I forget. I mean, there are weeks I forget and yeah. I, I feel like I'm going through the motions and I have to check myself and say, Laura, why are you doing this work? Yeah, what's my motive? Why, why are you doing motherhood? Why are you doing marriage mm-hmm. right now? Um, and that's why I am so grateful for you, for things like this, where I get to share this story and remember it for myself. I mean, it's like a super selfish thing to say, but um, I really am. I'm so grateful for the gift of writing, for the gift of being able to share in social media or whatever it is. The moments that I get to share the little bits of the gospel with people, I remember, and it fuels me to keep going. Fuels me to to do it more. Which is why God tells tells us to remember. He tells his people all the time, make these, make these, make these things. Remember what I've done for you. Yeah. So beautiful. Uh, Laura, thanks for sharing sharing that part of your story. I know it's not easy, uh, but it's beautiful and it is encouraging and it is going to bring hope to some very struggling women who might be listening. 
At Rural First, we're the leader in rural construction loans because we don't work here. We work out here. We live rural, which means we know just what you need to build rural. Our dedicated team of loan specialists works with you throughout the construction process. And with our digital tool, you can manage your project all in one place. That's how Rural First gets you closer to what matters. Rural First is a registered trademark of Farm Credit Mid-America. NMLS 407249. Equal housing lender. Loan subject to approval and eligibility. Other terms and conditions may apply. Visit RuralFirst.com for more details. Um, Okay, I end every show asking my guests what they're loving and what they're reading. Hmm. What are you loving these days? It's not coffee because you told me you don't even drink coffee. <laughs> I know. I'm such a weirdo. It's okay. Um, I I was reading right now, reading, I'm reading um, God and Money, which is a gut-wrenching, life-changing book. Um, and it is, Ari and I are reading it together and it's just been teaching us so much about uh, stewardship, for lack of a better term, and really just that everything is God's. And um, it's a book about giving, essentially. That's awesome. And it's challenging us. It's good. Yeah, it's been really that's good. good. That's good. Um, what are you loving? <laughs> I'm really loving my son being in this phase of, <laughs> it's going to sound so weird. I don't know why this came to mind. He's wearing undies for the first time. Oh, did you put them on backwards? Oh, oh yes. On his head, oh, backwards. Yes. We wear them as masks. Uh-huh. He's very into the undies. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I remember right when I had little boys and they, all their undies were like, you know, the briefs uh, yes. and they have design, like not designs. Uh-huh. That's a weird word. Characters. <laughs> and they put them on the back. Well, they always want them on the front. So I'm like, we need some undies designed for Chiro boys with the character on the front. Oh, it's the sweetest Because thing. then they will love it. And then he just comes out like he's a prince and he says, Gracie, look at my undies. <laughs> it's so cute. So sweet. So sweet. Um, well, Laura, thanks for coming on the happy oh, hour. This has been a joy. Thank really you. Really appreciate your, your wisdom. <laughs> and your stories. And so thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, friends, first, I want you to picture yourself biting into a warm and chewy Thomas's English muffin covered in melted butter. Is your mouth watering yet? Okay, mine is. Now, I want you to imagine the endless possibilities of a warm and toasty Thomas's English muffin. So first of all, here's my question to you. Is it possible to make a butter hot tub? Yes, my friends, it is. It's called a Thomas English muffin, and it's possible thanks to the nooks and crannies texture. Guys, Thomas's English muffins, wake up to what's possible. Friends, did you love Laura as much as I love Laura? I mean, she just was so honest with us, and that honesty points us to Jesus. I cannot express that enough, is that when I'm asking women to be vulnerable with their stories and share their stories, it's all for the sake of pointing us back to the Lord. And she did that so beautifully. Also, can we all be a friend like Jan was? I want to be Jan. I want to be Jan. Maybe this week, think about who can you just not ask when you see them at church or at an event or at school or at work? Hey, what do you do? Or what's your name? Or how are you? But ask about their heart. Oh my gosh, Jan stepped into her life and what a difference it made. I love stories that have a key character like them in that. This week it was Jan. Remember last week, the episode was Shruti Parker, her friend Faye in eighth grade who just invited her to Bible study. I love it so much. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes were written by Aki Slockers and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, my guest is Jennifer Welker. Jennifer was brought to me by a mutual friend that we both have. Becca. And Becca was like, hey, I have this friend and his sister has a beautiful story. I think she'd be good on the happy hour. So Lindsay and I did our investigation and yes, she was phenomenal on the happy hour. Next week, you're going to hear as she sat down with me and shared her story. First of all, she owns an amazing jewelry company, Golden Thread, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the redemption that God did in her marriage. 
Jennifer walked through a couple of years of infidelity in her marriage, and she tells a story. She tells a story of what that was like, how she got there. She tells a story about how she got out, and she tells a story of what life looks like now. Let me tell you, it has God written all over it. If you have ever wondered if God is in the business of redemption, you will be reminded of that so greatly next week. And this week with Laura. Oh, I love this show. I love these women. I love bringing you their stories. You guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend. And I will see you back here next week with my friend, Jennifer Welker. At Rural First, we're the leader in rural construction loans because we don't work here. We work out here. We live rural, which means we know just what you need to build rural. Our dedicated team of loan specialists works with you throughout the construction process. And with our digital tool, you can manage your project all in one place. That's how Rural First gets you closer to what matters. Rural First is a registered trademark of Farm Credit Mid-America, NMLS 407249, equal housing lender, loan subject to approval and eligibility. Other terms and conditions may apply. Visit RuralFirst.com for more details.